Danny Triple on the floor, man. Some neighbors were saying way too loud. That's only in the moment. You supposed to be up cooking breakfast or somebody. That's like an alarm clock. Oh my gosh, it's been a while, but uh, here we are. We're back. Loose Lug Nuts podcast. It's going to have a different look this year. Uh, I've been talking to uh, those that don't know. Evan Roberts left us to uh, Louisiana. It's a lot harder to to round him up to do the pod. We had him for today, but then uh, a Domino's tournament came up and the, like he couldn't make it. So uh, we have Luke Hillen today. We're going to do it one day a week uh, this year instead of two to start. And then as we get into the uh, the playoff, we might ramp it up to two today uh it's gonna be luke and i and uh we're gonna have a rotation tyler pig will jump in on some uh get some familiar voices but we wanted to get back at it uh, last year the way it ended all the blame goes on evan 100 of the blame on him but uh we're back so luke first since you watched it in its entirety um what were your thoughts on the clash it, it was hard to have, you know, too strong of a judgment on the clash. I guess, I guess you got to start with the unprecedented, as it was said on Twitter many times, decision to move the main event from Sunday to Saturday, which by all accounts was a good move by NASCAR. And, you know, it's funny because people were complaining that they couldn't go on Saturday to watch practice and the heat races. And then, and then they uh, opened it up to where people, People could go and it was going to be free and it turned out that was a great call because then they wouldn't have had anybody in the in the seats for the clash yeah. at all so uh you know it, when you're when you're trying to race in a football stadium and you can't really get up to speed and you know it's tight turns and whatnot I, I don't know that it's the most exciting thing to watch in the world but i watched it my guy chase briscoe was the last spot in there it was, i was sweating out the qualifying practice laps and he actually, I think he, he made the most gains through the field uh, during the actual clash. But, you know, it, it was a good it was a good little taste for me to kind of kind of get the juices, juices flowing, the blood flowing again for NASCAR season. But I don't know. It, it's hard to see them bringing that race back to the Coliseum in the future. I think, you know, it was a fun thing. And I like the I like the concept and the idea, but I don't I don't know how many real nascar fans sit there and and just think man that was that was really enjoyable to watch you know yeah and i just my issue with the whole thing was the entire week leading up to it more the talk was about what should we do instead of this race than the race itself which that's never Mm -hmm. a good thing i i mean the two ideas i've seen uh going down to mexico i'm all right with that i can't make it to la so what's the difference if i can't make it to la or i can't make it to mexico as long as you find a good track to race it on, I'm okay with it. And the other thought is moving it around to uh, a couple of people have had this thought. I haven't, I, it's not my idea, but uh, a couple local tracks in various venues down South and fixing the tracks up and like leaving it better than you found it. I just think there's a lot of pockets down South where there isn't, if you think about between Austin and Talladega, there's nothing. And you have that whole area down south that has no racing. Uh, that's one of the pockets where you could possibly have it. And then people bring up uh, maybe fixing up Rockingham and stuff like that. I'm okay with that idea, too. Once again, I can't make it to L.A., so it doesn't matter. I'm watching it on TV, so I'm not married. It's easier to for it. us to make it to Mexico anyway. Yeah. Uh, so. No, I, I think you're – I agree with with 
your thoughts there. And, and, and I think that the idea behind the move to the Coliseum and to LA was, was to grow the fan base and expose people to NASCAR that don't generally get exposure. And so, you know, getting in concerts in conjunction with it and stuff like that. And so I, I think it should change every year. I think they should, I think they should find a different spot. Like you're saying, maybe go international to Mexico. I know Canadians love NASCAR as well, and they have their own series in both countries, but but bring the big show uh, to another country, and, and yeah. I mean, like you're saying the, fill in the gaps there. I, I think it's good to to change it up and and to keep on growing and expanding and giving you know fans opportunities to either learn or or be exposed to it for the first time. Yeah, I mean the the tough part is since it is the first week of February, like one of the pockets I think of is uh, like the Great Northwest. There's nothing up there. Mm. There's nothing in Denver. Yep. Like it's six hours more than six hours to kansas speedway yeah. like there's no racing in that area like wisconsin used to have uh and it had a great turnout road america but for some reason nascar's like we don't like wisconsin so yeah we're yeah. gonna get out of here so but uh on to uh this is a cup preview that's what the title will say on uh spotify <laughs> and whatnot we're gonna preview the 2024 season for just the cup series uh, later on in the near future, we'll have the truck and Xfinity update or a preview. But first, we're going to run down the schedule. There were a few tweaks to the schedule, nothing drastic. The first thing I'm going to get your thoughts on, Bristol Spring Race on uh, St. Paddy's Day, you know, a little bit of Guinness. They won't have dirt. <laughs> thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't, how many people, uh, I guess, I guess St. Paddy's Day is a, is a, well-rounded holiday that people of all it's huge all in savannah regions is it okay when i went, to, when I went to graduate school at georgia southern they didn't have the first march madness game on on a i think it was friday morning mm-hmm. because they were showing the savannah uh st patrick's day parade i was like wow. what the, what's going on what, when we when we played in the ncaa tournament in 2018 the first round games were in charlotte and and so we were in charlotte uh for saint patty's day then and it was a it was a big deal there too so yeah i i guess everybody it's a well-rounded well well versed holiday but yeah uh i don't know i'm conflicted i i I liked the i liked changing it up with the dirt and selfishly i liked it because it was one of briscoe's uh better better tracks where he had a he had a real shot to win going into it it those cars aren't built for it though. Yeah. And they had to make so many weird modifications to the cars. And then you had to worry about so many strange little factors involved. And then, you know, it's still a dirt race and I get dirt racing is dirt racing, but down the stretch of the race, it's, you, you know, it's it, the dirt's basically gone anyway. And so the, it totally changes the racing from the start to the end. And, and so, you know, Bristol is also probably my favorite track, honestly. And so to lose a real Bristol race, race was was kind of a bummer too so so i would say i probably i probably like the call to go back to back to the traditional format for two bristol races one day and one night and you know i thought the dirt was cool and and i think if they wanted to do dirt like in the future if nascar wanted to do dirt there are other opportunities to do it and and you don't have to lose a bristol race but i I think bristol is such a popular track that people you know enjoy that it, it it does hurt them to lose you know a sunday on the normal configuration there and well, my thing with the dirt is if you made the commitment, like you make the road races, like there's five road races. Like if you make that commitment to dirt, like we're going to have three. So it's worth your investment to possibly have a, a different vehicle mm-hmm. that you use yep. these three races, but to just do it one off doesn't make sense to me. So For I'm okay sure. with and, them scrapping it. 
and frankly, you know, talking about the clash, I, I wouldn't hate, I wouldn't hate one year if they did the clash on dirt somewhere, whether it was in Bristol or, or elsewhere, you know, that it's an opportunity to get creative with that and, you know, do different things. But I, I, I think the racing at Bristol is so, so enjoyable normally. And it's such a great track traditionally that it, it, it does make sense to get back to just two real races there. So the next uh, change, the Indy race is back on the oval, which I find odd because they're like, we got to put it on the, the road course because the oval racing is awful. And now yeah. they're like, yeah, we're going to have it back on the oval. It's classic NASCAR fans, man. Like, do you, everyone hated the racing at the Indy oval, everybody. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe with this, you know, we haven't raced there with the new car. And so maybe it will produce a little bit different racing, but, but the Indy road course also produced a great race every year. You know, even the year where they have, all the issues where the track was getting torn up and stuff like that it was still exciting racing and so i i don't know i don't love it and and i could see it being kind of a dud i could see them you know i could see it being another really boring race and they just revert back to that to that road course there but uh, it will be interesting and maybe you know tires are also always a huge issue at indy and and it seemed like every year that the the tire setup from goodyear was always under fire at indianapolis and so with the new car and the changes to the way that wheels and tires are anyway that that could potentially be an issue for them also but obviously i'll tune in and we'll see what it's like i i, I would have liked to see that stay at the road course though yeah i i mean i was in the i was in the alternating camp i wanted it to switch back and forth every year because i think there is yeah. something special about winning a race at the in the oval which yep and then the only other major change uh iowa speedway i uh sorry iowa speedway gets a race and i, I like it uh it's different and people don't know that once again we talk about the pockets iowa speedway you think i was right next to illinois that's five hours away it's five hours from gateway Closest tracks three and a half hours away at Kansas. Everyone in Iowa and northwest of Iowa, it's good for them. And a lot of people don't think that's NASCAR country, but if you go there, there are NASCAR fans there. Um, no doubt. The track yeah, is and, and oh. if no, it's real it's a really, really racy track. I think that that it, this was a really popular move with the drivers, just from you know, reading reading tweets and and you know comments and feedback and whatnot. I think it was a really popular move for the drivers to to add a race that they all enjoy. And that and it is a little bit more of a of a unique track too. And that's where NASCAR has done a good job. I mean we're we're looking up every week with a different with a different style of track. And it was one of the biggest gripes I had with you know, tuning in every Sunday was, man, we're going from Charlotte to Vegas to Atlanta before they reconfigured yeah. Atlanta and all that. I mean, now there's all kinds of different, different tracks and different styles of racing and different, you know, different teams and, and manufacturers are stronger to those places. So I like it. I think is I think it was a good zag from, from what they've been doing in terms of the clash and, you know, going, you know, flashy places, maybe it's not flashy, but but it but it scratches an itch for people in that region, and uh, I think it'll be a really good race too, based off what I've heard from the drivers. And then uh, competitive changes: Darlington will now be the final cutoff race instead of Daytona, so we we won't have that uh, quote unquote a fluky uh, last car yeah. in. That'll be a race before to get the fluke. Darlington cutoff race should be a solid driver winning a, a really tough race. Uh, yeah, another then, popular move with the drivers, I'd say. Yeah, and then Atlanta and Watkins Glen are in the playoffs. They'll be the first two weeks of round one. Bristol will wrap up uh, round one. So 
three very different courses in the first round, and then we'll have three very different courses in the second round with Kansas, Talladega, and the Charlotte Roval. Doesn't get much different than those three. And then uh, the final eight are going to fight it out at Las Vegas, Homestead, Miami, and Martinsville. And then the championship, Phoenix, November 10th. Yeah, it's a good layout. I like that. I know it's always a topic of conversation, too, where the championship race should be. I'm glad it's not at Vegas because that's where that's where SMI's wanted to put it forever. Homestead and Phoenix are both great tracks. And I, it's produced a really good race for how long now that it's been at Phoenix. I like that. I like how they change up every round, how they how they try to diversify which which types of tracks are in each round. And so it's not a lot of the same. The Roval is probably one of the more gimmicky tracks on the circuit. And so I don't really like that being in round two. But all in all, I, I like what they do with it. And I think that it does provide, you know, under this format, probably about as fair of a of a playoff as you can get. So uh, we got two Saturday night races. They're going Coca-Cola 400 on August 24th. And then the Bristol Bass Pro Shops night race on September 21st. Uh, we'll have four other night races. Those are all on Sundays. Richmond on Easter. I'm a big fan of old school uh, NASCAR where we don't run on uh, Easter or Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. The, they're mm-hmm. like, we don't care about mothers. Or yeah. I didn't actually see if there was a race on Mother's Day. They will race on Father's Day Sunday in Iowa. Uh, the Coca-Cola 600, of course, on Memorial Day is an evening. And then uh, Richmond uh, Coke, uh, Cookout 400. Actually, there's five. I counted wrong. Uh, Richmond 400 uh, at August 11th. And then the Cookout. There are too many Cookout races. I know Evan loves that place. <laughs> uh, cookout Southern 500. So Cookout has two different races they're sponsoring uh, on Labor Day weekend. So there's your night races. Five road courses. Circuit of America is March 24th. Sonoma, June 9th. Chicago Street Race. Meh. In July, Watkins Glen in September, Charlotte Roval, October. It's down one from uh, the last two years, and then it's down two from the peak in 2021 when they had seven. Uh, they're not doing Daytona again. I don't know. No. I I liked it, but I would rather – like, I like five. I like six. I wish they'd add Road, of, uh, Road America, but uh, I'm okay with it at five right now. I agree. I'd love to add Road America. I, five is fine. I, I would like to get to six too. It's better than when it used to just be, you know, Watkins Glen and Sonoma and that was it. And and so I think that, I think that, you know, feedback from the fans is that in general fans do end up enjoying the races, even though it's almost begrudgingly like the classic, you know, bring back North Wilkesboro fan probably okay. hates going to a road course every third weekend, but but you know, Chicago Street Race, they'll they'll replace that. You know, it, hopefully yeah, that, that it doesn't one, rain and you see what it actually is like. But it's you know these cars aren't built to race on a circuit like that. Yeah, and it was a uh, it wasn't a memorable race. Like there's nothing about that no. race that I. Well, the only thing was it was really cool that SVG dominated and yeah. it just showed you like you know well yeah it's a totally it's a totally different discipline and that guy's really good at it and none of these other drivers have ever really done that before and so it was cool to see it in terms of just how how that type of racing translates but I agree I, you know it is what it is they'll they'll probably they'll probably replace that but it would be awesome if they replace it with Road America and I know they were talking about trying to fit Road America at some some point on the Cup schedule so. So now we're on to, we're going to do a, a breakdown of the teams. First, we got Team Penske. They won the last two titles with Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney. 
is it Austin Cindric's turn? Uh, he hasn't done a whole bunch since that Daytona 500 win two uh, two years ago. I uh, expected more. What What are your thoughts on uh, Austin? I don't know. He's been extremely dis like extremely disappointing to 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 get your first ride in the Cup Series in the in the you know probably the second most consistent team in NASCAR, if not the most consistent team, and he's done nothing with it. And his only win was at Daytona, which yeah, it's a great you know it's a great win, but he's been bad and and not that this really means anything but if you know the draft kings they do their competitions every yeah. every week and he's he's like like near dead last in average drafting points per race every yeah. week they just they don't pass any cars they don't start well they don't finish well it it's like he's in a wood brothers car and not in a penske car almost which is it's just very strange it, but penske as a whole was down last year and you know uh obviously blaney ended up uh, getting getting it figured out down the stretch but Logano was down Blaney was not as strong as a champion typically is over the course of the year and that was you know more a symptom of Ford sucked in general last year yeah. and 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 so they really almost got bailed out by Blaney figuring it out down the stretch but that's to me the biggest storyline going into this season is how are Ford how is Ford going to bounce back are they going to bounce back they've got their new car along with Toyota also has a new car this year but uh, I don't know. I mean, and the weird the thing with Cendric is okay if he struggles again this year for them, his dad is like the head of operations for yeah. Penske, but he, he's got to be on the hot seat, right? Yeah. I mean, he's in a top he's in a top five six ride in in the Cup Series. Well, and the, and he finished yeah twenty fourth in the points last year. He had five top tens, which that's wow. not good. Yeah, and we no. talked about Blaney. He wasn't as dominant as the old school North Wilkesboro fans want. <laughs> uh, he had the three wins. He had eight top fives. But in the old school standings, he would have been in like fifth or sixth place, depending on who you ask. I mean, that stretch down uh, stretch run was impressive with two wins and two runner ups in the last six. But uh, Joey Logano was on Logano. He had a 10 top 12 or a 17 top tens, but he finished 12th. Um, yeah, I just. I, I personally, when he was in Xfinity, I thought Austin Sindrick was the future and he, uh, mm -hmm. he really hasn't showed it. And he was a road course racer. So you thought yeah. he might sneak in a road course win here or there. And he really hasn't been up front. So, um, well, that, yeah, that year that I guess it would have been the COVID year when he, when he and Briscoe were dominating the Xfinity series, you felt like, okay, these two guys are, are going to for sure be the ones that come up. And, and even Briscoe, it's like, he, he's more a symptom of the Stuart Haas thing to me, because he's like, you say, like he was another guy really strong on road courses and he's been good on road courses in the cup series, but Cindric, it's like, he's, he's scratching and calling to stay on the lead lap every single race. I don't understand it. Next we're on to Joe Gibbs racing. I like, they got two old guys, Martin Truex, he just seems like he's riding out in the sunset. Yeah. Does he have one more title run in him? He's such a grouchy guy too. Like if yeah. you listen to his radio, he's always fighting with his crew chief and he's, he's always upset about them. They'll interview him after he finishes second or third and he's just all bummed out. Like he didn't finish the race and he's, this has got to be it for him, but I, I could see it being it for him in a really good way. I mean, he's still a great driver and, you know, he's always, he's always going to be in, you know, in the mix there, regardless of what type of track it is. But yeah, it, it, Gibbs probably has one or two seats opening up sooner rather than later there. Yeah. It's funny. I was talking to uh, Tyler pig at potential sponsor C and J's today at lunch. <laughs> and uh, Denny Hamlin is only five months younger than Martin Truex, but he seems more eager to run 
for the next yeah. few years. Like if you listen to him talk, he does not seem like he is close to hanging it up. Yeah, it'll be interesting with Hamlin too, how he manages in twenty three eleven and and yeah. his ownership there. Like if he tries to end up doing a Kozlowski type deal, or if he just sticks with with Gibbs. But it, it you wouldn't think if you didn't know, you wouldn't think that they're that they're basically the same age. Yeah, and Christopher Bell. He right now could be the best driver among the four. What could have been for him? He made it to the final four, but a brake rotor explosion ended his day early. Uh, he was one of the hottest drivers coming uh, into that race. He was second at Vegas. He won at Homestead. He finished seventh in a very competitive Martinsville race. He's got it in him, I think, for this year. Mm-hmm. I agree. He's 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 a favorite this year for sure. He's really, really, really good, and he's. It seems like he's just really noticeably, and and the results I'm sure show it. He's noticeably gotten way better at every single track. Like every time he runs at a track, he improves over what he did previously. And so, it, it seems like he has the respect of everybody in in you know uh, within the sport, and and a, he's dangerous for sure. Ty Gibbs wasn't awful in this first year, and he he raced cleaner. So. Uh... We'll see how clean he races this year. Maybe he did the. I'll be nice for one year, and then I'll revert back to. Uh, it's Xfinity. for sure. I mean, he's already he's already getting into it with uh, who was it? Logano and him got oh, yeah. into it after the class. <laughs> so. He's such a hot, head. but he's a good driver, and he yeah. got way better down the stretch last year too. I mean, it, that's the eighteen car that he. That's the Kyle Busch eighteen car that he's that he's driving, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's a factor and and you know not only makes the playoffs but has some success there. Yeah, and he just missed the playoffs last year, 18th of the points. A lot of the people yeah. we got talking about uh, here soon didn't do that well. So, yeah, uh, Hendrick, a motorsports, all four are back, but will all four <laughs> be healthy for the entire year? I don't know if anyone has a snowboarding trip. Well, those <laughs> would all be behind us, I think, because uh, yeah. that was the biggest problem last year. Chase Elliott missed seven races in the playoffs. Alex Bowman missed three races in the playoffs. If they were healthy the whole year, they're likely in. And they have yeah. four teams in again. Larson Byron, second and third, edged out by Blaney. Good years for them, but they didn't uh, hold the trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, Byron's another guy like Bell that it seems like every race he just keeps getting better and better and better. And I would say he's the top dog at Hendrick right now, it, which is hard to believe with with a guy like Larson, who most people consider the most talented driver out there, and or besides Kyle Busch maybe, and and then Elliott too, but. I think Bowman's another guy you see kind of going into this year. He's he's probably got a lot more pressure to to do well. I could see him being on the hot seat with another with another down year. Elliot seemed like he didn't care last year. Like yeah. he legitimately, anytime they interviewed him or whatever, is just like you know he, he he would rather be anywhere else other than there. So I don't know. Uh, they're they're a hard team to get a feel for because they're so competitive and all four of those guys can win every week, but. Byron is another one like Bell that I really, really like. Yeah, unfortunately, we saw the big hat uh, six times last year, which that was the most (laughs) of any driver. He wanted a wide array of tracks. He wanted Vegas, Phoenix, Darlington, Atlanta, Watkins Glen, and Texas. So he arguably, not arguably, he probably had the best overall season last year, didn't bring home the title, but he's looking good coming into this year. Richard Childress. Do you, think the big hats, do you think the big hat's gonna gonna still be a thing? Hopefully Man, that's just I, a one. I, I one, like I don't yeah. get like first of all, it looks awful. But second, they're expensive. Like yeah. and I've never <laughs> seen someone just out wearing one. So I don't know how no, they're making there's money. No, yeah, there's no, you know, <laughs> there's no real way that they make sense. But yeah. 
Richard okay, Childress racing, Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon back. Kyle Busch got on that heater early. He earned us some uh, Cheddar's chicken tender meals. I got three of them after wins. Mm. But then he petered out late, and he was eliminated after the first round. Austin Dillon finished way back. Uh, he had one top five, seven top tens. I think the team needs a, a overall improvement to to get competitive again. Yeah, I would say that, that Kyle Busch's early success there put even more heat on Austin Dillon than there already was. And he's in a similar spot as Cindric, like his his dad kind of runs the team or whatever at RCR. But I, I would say that Kyle Busch surprised everybody with how much success he had early at RCR. And it, he teetered off towards the end, but they had some bad luck and some some issues there also. Dylan has to perform this year. And yeah. if Bush is if Bush is finishing, you know, top 10 or top 10 guy every week and and Dylan is doing the same stuff, like they've got to make a change because they should be a good team. And and Bush is probably making them way better and probably challenging them in ways that you know they hadn't thought through before. But I don't know. I, I think it's a big storyline this year how that team does. And and I think that it it can potentially, you know, we all know Kyle Bush is such a hothead. It could potentially create problems if he doesn't perform well also. Could um, be some drama at RCR. SVG opened the Australian Supercars floodgates with his win in Chicago. RCR is going to re- uh, run uh, Brody Kostecki uh, some races, either in the RCR car in the number 33, or there's talk of uh, Airbus Motorsports running an ECR engine. So that'll be a, a, a team that'll run some races for rcr stewart haas racing like stewart cares a lot more about drag racing and haas cares more about uh f1 i think they need to get someone in there i was hoping it would be harvick uh, who actually cared about nascar uh to run the show over there they got some new faces josh berry in the number four uh but it won't be bush light that went over to uh ross chastain and then we got noah gregson He's back from uh, his uh, exile. Uh, he'll be in the number 10 as uh, Harvick and Eric Amarola stepped aside. And then we got Chase Briscoe and Ryan Priest returning in the 14 and 41. I personally am highly dis- disappointed in Ryan Priest. I thought he was better, but it could be that SHR is just that bad. He finished 23rd in points, just one top five, two top tens. Chase Briscoe coming off his playoff year, took a step back, 30th in the points. Yeah, can they turn it around this year? Yeah, you know, as a Briscoe fan, the SHR stuff has been very disappointing and and disheartening because, like, I mean, what you're saying is right. It doesn't doesn't seem like there's much leadership or vision or direction. You know, they – it'll be interesting. You know, the big storyline with them this year is going to be, okay, it was not really a – secret that they they had dedicated more resources and more manpower to the four car than they had to the other three teams there and and so with Barry coming in on the four the the talk is that okay we're going to get more towards a balanced program where the 14 is going to be more of the lead car there kind of how it was when Tony was in the 14 but but I mean it's hard to that they need this new Ford car to be really good. They need to work well with Ford. They need to, you know, work well together. And, and hopefully, you know, that group that was putting together the four team is a lot of that spreads throughout the rest of the garage there as a, as a Briscoe fan and SHR fan, but, but like Briscoe made the playoffs that first year, one at Phoenix or that second year, one at Phoenix early on 
But last year he had the big penalty where they they found the basically the fake part or whatever yeah. the the part that's supposed to be stock and they had created their own and the, and it was like they they were really slow in that race too like they were not very good in the race where they cheated and got all the points taken away but but then halfway through the year they changed they changed crew chiefs and a few team members for them and and the four team was a lot better down the stretch last year. I don't know though. I, I was very disappointed in Priest. Also, I think Priest is a really good driver. Barry's a good driver, and Gregson has shown that that he's a good driver as well. He's just a kind of a crazy person. Yeah. But uh, there, are a lot of question marks with. I mean, with them and Penske were the two premier Ford teams, and both of them had really bad years by their standards last year. Stuart Haas was way worse than Penske was, but it's not hopeless for Ford because, because RFK was really good last yeah. year, you know? Well, and, yeah. And I would say like on paper, historically, you would say Gregson's making a step up going from legacy to Stuart Haas, but it's not really yeah. that huge. Yeah, of a step. It's, a, it's a vague line right now. Yeah, like, right I don't now know. It's vague. And then SHR is teetering on not being a top team, which is yeah. just, it's crazy. But and then Barry was really strong in Xfinity 21 and 22. Uh, mm-hmm. Had the five wins in those 55 races. Last year, he might have been distracted. He had uh, 10 races where he got called up, emergency driver, replacing Elliott and Bowman in the Cup Series. He didn't get any uh, wins last year. Yeah, Finished and Junior 11. Motorsports as a whole was not very good last year, yeah. or relative to their standards in the or in, uh, the Xfinity Series also. So. Uh, That'll it, a lot of interesting stuff there with with those two new guys and and then Priest and Briscoe, uh, but but Briscoe's got to carry the. I mean, he's got to be the lead dog for that team. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. And then we have Roush, Fenway, Kozlowski uh, racing. A lineup stays the same. Uh, Brad in the six, Chris Busher who had a breakout season. He's in the seventeen, and then they'll run the sixty at some races. David Reagan will be in Daytona, and then. Another Australian supercar driver, Cam Waters, is going to run some races. Brad was knocking on the door last year, but didn't get in the victory lane. We finished eighth in the points, seven top tens, 16, or top five, 16 top tens. Busher, three wins in a five-race stretch. Richmond, Michigan, and Daytona. Uh, he had three top fives in the playoffs, but he was just a shade off of getting into that uh, final four uh, due to a 21st place finish in Homestead. I was high on Busher, and I he was one of the ones I thought about putting in the final four this year, but uh, there were there were so many good cars to choose from. Uh, spoiler alert: he doesn't make it in my final four, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he can repeat, and I think he's got one another season with three or four wins in him. Yeah, I would say if Busher has another strong year this year, and if RFK does as a whole, then okay. We can we can anoint them as a, a a contender, a real you know a real championship contender. You know, cause some teams have had these good years that are kind of fluky, and then they revert back into. But Brad, I mean, Brad's deal is interesting too. I mean, Busher, Brad was good last year, but Busher did outrun him uh, almost every race, and he's getting older. I, how 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 old is Brad compared to Truex? And, and oh my gosh, they, they all got to be pretty similar there. Um, I will look that up first. Uh, we'll go into uh, track house racing. Uh, we have one is Ross Chastain again, 99 Daniel Suarez. Like I thought about it at first. I was like, Chastain had a really bad season, but he just barely made it. Like he just barely missed the round that he cut off and he was doing, he was doomed by a crash at uh, Homestead uh, missing the final four. And that's a what if moment because he wins the final race in Phoenix in 
Ryan Blaney finished the one step, uh, spot back. So that was another what if uh, moment. Keselowski 39. So a little bit, four years on him. Okay. But yeah, Chastain, yeah. I just thought Suarez underperformed and he wasn't finishing races was his problem. Yeah. He's another guy entering this year where if he he's got he's got a lot more pressure to succeed or he'll be he'll be on the hot seat too. Especially, you know, yeah, they were down as a team last year a little bit, but Chastain was still really, really good. And Chastain's still gonna be really, really good this year. And so I would say that Suarez is a guy that he's had a lot of opportunities in his career and early on at Trackhouse looked like he was getting it figured out. And so last year was was not good. It was a huge step back for him. And I still like Suarez. I mean, I don't think he's a bad driver, but but he, he's got to, you know, he's got to get the results there. Um, and now I'm not saying that they're going to just straight up replace him with Van Gisbergen, but they've got Van Gisbergen in the stable. And if he if he ends up having a strong year with Colleg in the in the Xfinity series, then they're going to be pretty motivated to to make a move there, whether it's a third team with him or a third team where they still replace Suarez with someone else. But they're still a new team in the in in nascar and it's hard to win so it'll be interesting to see if they can keep going with what they've done with what they've been doing or if they take another step back kind of like they did last year well and if this was a formula one and we were creating a fake drama with the race team uh rivalries i always put track house and 23 xi together Mm -hmm. with uh, jordan running one and pitbull running the other and last Mm -hmm. year 23 xi outperformed them um, no, they're they're st- 23 xi's stock is rising and track house took a little bit of a dip last year so so we talk about 23 xi that's next on our list solid season with uh, both drivers making the playoffs and both finishing in the top 10 and uh, both are returning we got bubba in the gotta get this mixed up 23 and uh, reddick in the mm-hmm. 45 yeah that's, that's right yeah yep. reddick started out disastrous last year 39th and 34th out of the gates but he rebounded, had two wins, including Coda and Kansas, and he ended up finishing sixth. Bubba didn't have any wins, but he was consistent uh, throughout the year. Uh, he made the playoffs, and then uh, he finished 10th. I'm a little bit higher on Reddick just because uh, he's, I mean, he outperformed Bubba last year, and I think he's got a lot in him. A lot of people recognize him as one of the the better young drivers, so. Uh, yeah, I, I'm extremely high on Reddick. You know, uh, spoiler alert here. I, I mean, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna compete for a championship this year. I think Toyota and and you know the whole team are gonna continue to improve and and run on a similar level to what Gibbs have done. But Bubba also Bubba had a much better year probably than he's ever had last year, and he was very close. You know, he's a couple couple bad bad things away from from being right there for a few wins, and so. I like their team. I think both of those guys are good drivers. I think Bubba's probably matured and grown a lot since a couple of years ago. It seemed like he was just always trying to prove something and just making these aggressive moves and races and stuff. And he was much more consistent and much more, you know, in the mix at all types of tracks last year. I really like 2311XII. And I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be good. I wonder if they're going to run. Yeah, they had a couple of races last year where they ran the 67 car. They had the Japanese guy running the 67 yeah. car. That'll be interesting. Yeah, there are rumors of various different drivers filling that seat for uh, next okay. year. Yeah. Uh, Front Row Motorsports. This is a team that they make improvements every year, but they're excruciatingly slow <laughs> improvements. Yeah. Like Michael McDowell was better <laughs> last year than the year before. 
but both of those dudes are great drivers. Gillen's a great driver yeah. too. So the yeah, Gillen's back in the thirty eight. McDowell's back in the thirty fourth. McDowell, you could say he snuck back into the playoffs, but he won. He didn't win at a super speedway, which is what everyone yeah. expected. It's funny about four three years ago. What's his nuts? Uh, Mike Joy referred to McDowell as a road warrior, and I was yeah. like, ah, he's not really good at road courses. <laughs> I mean, his stats were okay, but he wasn't yeah. like a like a Boris said. Uh, but he won at the Indy Road Course and he dominated uh, the Indy yeah. Road he ended course. up finishing yeah. one spot better in the playoffs than he did his first time two years ago at yeah. uh, Dayton when he won Daytona. Um, Gilliland. He had a couple issues in his rookie campaign, and a couple times they actually put him in the 36 for some points wrangling, mm-hmm. and they put Zane Smith in the 38. Solid driver, though. I really liked him in the truck, so hopefully uh, they make uh, an improvement, but not excruciatingly slow again. Yeah, they always, both of those guys always, even when they're not very fast and they qualify poorly and stuff, it's like they're just good enough to where they just kind of chip away and end up with solid finishes. Like they're just, they're a solid team. They just, you know, they're just not on that on that level to be able to consistently run run up front. Uh, we got Legacy Motorsports, John Hunter Nemechek. He is back up. He had a brief run in the Cup Series during the COVID-2020 uh, campaign where he only had three top 10s and 36 races for front row. See, I said they improve every year. And we had high hope. I, I should say, I had high hopes for Eric Jones last year, but they took a step back. They only had one top five, seven top 10s, uh, finished 27th uh, after finishing 18th in 2022. Jimmy Johnson runs some races in the 84, including his wife's letting him run the Daytona 500, even though wow. he could die. Good for him. <laughs> so... Well, uh, yeah, well, so you just, let him run the Indy 500 in a in an open wheel car. Yeah. So, like, come on. <laughs> in this one, I don't know, man. I just they just seem to be spinning their wheels. I, I I will reserve my comments about them for later in the show. Uh, but the big news for them, I think, is they're moving to Toyota for this yeah. year. Yeah. Which could be could be they a didn't big put hit. much effort in the last year. Miss. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But with with Jimmy, you know, Jimmy had that family tragedy happen last year, and I would imagine he was probably not really around like they thought he would be yeah. with him ideally being more involved. I could see them. I could see them taking a step back in the right direction this year. And and I think Nemechek is a good driver and, and Eric Jones is good specifically on it. Eric Jones is great at Arlington, yeah. but it, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. They're interesting team. I wish they would have stayed with Chevy and uh, maybe got mario andretti into uh yeah. andretti petty uh <laughs> legacy motor club yeah. and take all that money that ain't going to f1 spire yeah. motorsports holy cow they are going all in on the young drivers they got zane smith and they got uh carson hosevar they'll join Corey lajoy zane smith one of the best truck uh, truckers the last four years won the title in 2022 runner up 20 and 21 carson hosevar finally broke through and got four wins last year yeah He's a lightning rod. I wrote that weird. Uh, he's overly aggressive. <laughs> we'll see if he tones it down like Ty Gibbs did this past year. And yeah. then we got Corey LaJoy, the driver most everyone thinks would fare pretty well in better cars, but he never gets a ride. In well, he blew cars. his he blew his opportunity in the nine car last year. He yeah. he did not do well at all in that one race he ran for Chase Elliott. But it, it, how many teams do you think have gone from one full-time car to three full-time cars in a, yeah. in a year's span? It's 
uh, they're, it's a big bite for, for Spire to take, but they, you know, the, the youth movement is on there. Hosovar is a good driver. Zane Smith's a great driver. He's young and not experienced, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, it, Corley Joy will probably compete at Atlanta again, like he always does. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. They're them and Rick Ware Racing, I think, are the ones that probably look at the bottom of the bottom of the tower most often. For them, uh, for those keeping score, Corey LaJoy, two hundred thirty-four races in the last seven years, three top fives. Oh, man. And I bet two of those have been in Atlanta. Well, I guess he's crashed out a couple of those Atlanta races where he's run up front. But yeah, Holig. Uh, Dinger, but the yo-yo with Dinger is uh, back to him running full-time in Xfinity. They're going to only have one full-time driver in their two chargers. That's going to be Daniel Hemrick taking over Haley's seat in the 31. We'll see how that goes. Hemrick, he has one career Xfinity win, right? And that was a championship yeah. race. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, But last... really consistent, really solid finishes, just never really yeah. wins, right? Yeah. Well, and Dinger, I mean, colleagues... I don't want to say it was their plan, but their idea of Dinger getting in the playoffs by winning a road race didn't come to fruition. So maybe Daniel Henrik can get in there on points or sneak in or win. 16 is going to be a hodgepodge. They got SVG running seven races, including three road courses, two Talladega, Coke, uh, Cola 600 in Vegas. Almondinger is going to run some races, including the Indy 500, which he said he hates super speedways. So I find that odd. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, the whole thing, the dinger thing is very weird. Like, there's something going on there that that has not been stated. Yeah, uh, it's like very he, weird. He's won a couple of times at Daytona, and the first thing he says when he gets out is how much he hates the racing <laughs> yeah. there. It's like, okay, whatever. And then I Josh know. Williams, they found a suit that's going to fit him, so he's going to run a limited <laughs> schedule. I think he borrowed it from a uh, uh, '78 guy. Uh, suit from mike harman so he's gonna be in jtg darty <laughs> racing ricky stenhouse at it again he seems to be okay getting sponsors and they seem to be okay with him having shots to win at super speedways but being uh meh everywhere else he finished 16th in the points after getting that daytona 500 win the rest of the year just one top five eight top tens i would love to see them get that charter to colleague who really seems to want to invest in racing um they're they're the weird i mean they're 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 the only i i would say wood brothers kind of count under penske they at least operate out of penske yeah. so jtg doherty is the weird rare they just they run that one car and you know that don't they don't put a lot into it but they're they're still better than rick Ware every week like yeah <laughs> I, I agree i at least a merger with colleague or something like I don't know. Kind of an interesting deal, and you know they they seem to be content with Recky uh, at the at the yeah. wheel. So they like tearing up race cars. But so we have uh, Rick Ware racing Haley. I <laughs> might have been better to go back down to Xfinity. He is going to run full time in the fifty one, and then the fifteen is going to be a hodgepodge of drivers. Riley Herbst is going to start out in the five uh, Daytona five hundred. They got Kaz Grala in some races. Cody Ware's reinstated. So watch out, world. Uh, Mike Joy's excited about that news. We don't even need to talk about that. Unless it's a, a, a rain-shortened uh, uh, super speedway race, I don't think they get a win. Uh, Wood Brothers. Still looking for final win number 100. Uh, the ice cream cake is still in the freezer. 
Harrison there may, not, there may not be any Wood brothers or grandsons or great grandsons left by the time they get one yeah. one hundred. Harrison know. Burton back in the seat for the third year. Like as bad as Cindric's been, I didn't expect Burton to be like Burton's even like he infinitely He's done nothing. I mean, yes. relative to all the other guys that have been in that twenty one car before him, they they need to they need to get Matty D back on the phone and get him in the, in the car. <laughs> I, I've been very dis. I thought Burton was going to end up was well, you know, be better than he has been. Thirty first in the standings, two top ten. He hasn't last. been competitive anywhere. No, uh, that's so, interesting. Uh, I think that I'm going to just save this rundown, and then I won't have to change that for next year. I might have to change a driver. Can they really put yeah. him in a fourth year if he's just as? Yeah. All righty, we are on to bold predictions. I'm going to start out with Evan Roberts, who, as we said, he's at some sort of, I don't know, I think they're having a corn dog eating contest somewhere there in Louisiana. His bold prediction is after having zero wins last year, Stuart Haas gets multiple wins this year, and they finish behind Hendrick Motorsports and wins. Wow. Okay. Any rationale there from from our guy? No rationale. I guess the oh. bold part. Yeah, is, bold. Um, I like yeah, it. When, I to it. finish second behind Hendrick and wins, they would have to have multiple wins. So Evan, mm-hmm. you didn't have to add that part in. Um, <laughs> but like, let's just say we think Joe Gibbs will win five races, six yeah. races. Does he think Stuart Haas is going to win seven races? That's. I think that's what he's getting at. I'm, I'm gonna mark it. that I'm one on, down because that I'm that on the bandwagon. I'll do I'll I'll I'd love for that to happen. That means Briscoe got it got yeah. at least three, four. Yeah. I'm I take my, a four win Briscoe year. I am not sure what well, I guess I'm on the train. I'm helping him out with this one. I am not sure why. I think Ryan Priest is a solid driver. I think he gets a win this year and makes the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm just as loose. HR just racking up the hypothetical bold wins here. Just yeah, like I said, Stewart cares more about drag racing. He's there every week, and Haas cares more about Formula One. So I don't know. Yeah. Haas, Haas, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I I like Priest though, and I can see Priest doing that. So I I don't like I don't hate either of these bold predictions. So is your bold prediction? I think this is Legacy Motorsports related. Mine, yeah, mine is not SHR related. Le- Legacy Motor Club. I'm gonna say that they get a car into the playoffs, and if we're being crazy, I could see them getting two cars into the playoffs. Okay. I I, I think I think that the move to Toyota is gonna be really good for them. And I think that they do have they do have more support than than it showed last year because they had this kind of weird lame duck year with Chevy, but uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Legacy Motor Club gets at least one car in the playoffs. I like I like Nemechek and I, I think Jones is a good driver. I don't know how motivated he is, but I think he's a good driver. So, okay, so our next thing, rookie of the year, beginning of the year, the three candidates: Josh Berry, Zane Smith, Carson Hosevar. I originally said no offense to the teams, but it feels like good uh, drivers and bad cars. Sort of taking that away. I don't know if Josh Berry's an awful car. First one, check in. Wow, Evan gave us a fun fact. He said Josh Berry, and then he said he would be the second oldest to win it since Andy Lawley won it in 2011 at age 36. Andy Lawley won Cup Series Rookie of the Year? Yeah. Wow. 
I didn't even know he ever had a full time season in the Cubs. I mean, series. I never fact check, so <laughs> he could be totally wrong. <laughs> but it is Evan. <laughs> like <laughs> fact Evan. checking, it never went uh, hand in hand with that guy. I I feel like Zane Smith might be the best drivers a driver among the three, but I'm going with Stuart Haas. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure why. God, I like Stuart Haas so far this year. I don't feel like Carson Hosevar has the temperament to perform well as a rookie as much as we like him and he's a friend of the program. He might not be after the way we talked about him in this episode, but uh, I think Zane Smith edges out Josh Barrett. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah I think he edges out Josh Barry. Yeah. I, I... Wait, you think oh, wait, no, Zane no, no, Smith no. edges out no, Josh no, Barry? No, no, no. Josh Barry edges out Zane Smith because of the Stuart Haas. So well, I'm going Josh Barry also. We, we've given Josh Berry about three or four wins himself already this year. So I would say that for sure edges him into the rookie of the year win. I'm going Josh Berry also. He's a good driver. He is more experienced. Stuart Haas has the resources to do well. We'll see if they actually do. I don't know how Spire is going to do with, with three cars when they've only been operating one and maybe two. Uh, so, But Smith and Hosfar are good drivers. And I think Smith and Hosfar just have to prove this year that that they can run competitive and, and show they know what they're doing and they're going to have a chance to move up to to better cars with potentially a few openings this year. Also, I did just look it up. Andy Lawley was, in fact, the 2011 Rookie of the Year. I'm thinking uh, that wasn't a really great rookie class because he he he, uh, he only he raced in with, 30 of the 36 and he finished 33rd in points. Yeah, so. He competed with TJ Bell and Brian Kozlowski, and neither of those guys ran uh, more than 10 races in their Cup Series careers. So There yeah. we go. Final four. We're not going to pick the whole 16. That'd be ludicrous. Final four predictions. Uh, I'm going to go first to Evan. He picked Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott. We know why he's a big Chase Elliott fan. Kyle Larson and Joey Logano. So, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, going with the uh, front runners. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of doing because I was doing research. I was like, who had the best uh, last ten races of last year? Who's bringing momentum in? Who had the best last six races? And it was the same four that were in the final four. And I was like, you can't do that. That that's like what losers do, picking the the exact same four as the year before. So even though I'm a Ryan Blaney fan, I think throughout the year last year, he was probably fifth or sixth best. So I'm not going to have him in the final four. I'm going to go Larson, Byron, and Christopher Bell. So three of the three. But I think uh, Kyle Busch, I, it was down between Kyle Busch and Joey Logano. I'm going to go Kyle Busch, get in the last spot. I think he he grits it out. So Yeah, uh, Busch definitely. I was I was contemplating putting Busch in mine also. I didn't do it. I, I think RCR might take a step back, and I'm kind of rooting for some drama there anyway. So, but you know, I love Kyle Busch in terms of. Yeah. I think he's a really, 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 really good driver. But uh, I, I went with William Byron. Uh, I went with Chase Elliott, who uh, that, that's you know betting on a big bounce back year from him. But I do sincerely think I think with the injury and the suspension and all the kind of BS that he dealt with last year, I think he was just totally checked out. And so, and so I think this, I'm looking for a big bounce back year from him, Christopher Bell, uh, one of the best Bell and Byron, I think two of the best guys at it right now can win every weekend. And then I'm going Tyler Reddick in my fourth spot to make the final four. I'm okay. Very high on Reddick. 23 X. I'll be happy with that. 
So the champion pick, no surprise here. Uh, Evan picked Chase Elliott. Hooter celebration party. I am going with Christopher Bell, and the only reason I'm going with Christopher Bell is I don't want to see the stupid big hat from William Byron holding up the Cup Series trophy. It's a wise selection and good rationale for that selection. Do you think – I'm trying to remember, when, when Elliott won the championship, did Hooters do anything special besides the BOGO wings? Or was it no, just another, I, I, another I normal day of BOGO wings? wings? Yeah. I think it was the wings. And I'm going to be honest, the Cheddar's deal – is a better deal than yeah. the the Hooters wings because Hooters wings are just overpriced. So when you yeah. get ten and you get ten free, you're really getting five free because you're paying for like fifteen of them. Yeah, that's fair. I do like Hooters wings though, in general. Yeah. I, I, they're they're different. They're good. Uh, okay, my champion. I'm going with Tyler Reddick. I'm I'm going I'm going bold on this one. I I I, I really think it's going to be a, a breakout breakout year for him uh, in terms of being more consistent. With, with running up front and kind of competing every week. Um, I think, I think Bubba is going to get a win or two as well this year, but I think the 45 team is going to, going to be really strong. I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling Reddick as my champion. All righty. So uh, that is the cup series preview. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll have an Xfinity uh, truck preview uh, later on this week, probably. And then next week it's here, the Super Bowl of auto racing. That is, at the beginning of the season instead of the end. I don't understand it, but it's the way it is. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm really excited. And I'm really excited for speed weeks in general. I, I, I always enjoy, you know, the whole, the lead up with qualifying and the, and the twin duels or 125s or whatever we call them. And um, uh, I, uh, I love speed weeks. So I think it's fun. And I, I do, I kind of hate the narrative it's not a narrative it's fact that that daytona is more of a fluky place to win but it is uh, but it's still to those guys the teams and the drivers that they care so much about it and and so it's it's a fun way to start the year and i'm i'm really excited it's been it's been too long and it felt weird you know because they ran the they ran the clash on saturday night and then so that meant sunday was was a a full day of no football because there was no nfl and and then there was no nascar either and a Sunday without football or NASCAR is is a pretty pretty sad day. So yeah, and to be honest, no awful drivers ever won the Daytona 500 because it takes a set of balls to get into a car yeah. and uh, drive. Yeah. So for good sure. on them. I think that was Bailey Curry said that that uh, mm. he's like no bad racers ever won a race. Yeah. So. That is it. I got to find the sound clips that we haven't used in uh, seven months because Evan abandoned us, uh, but uh, we'll get this episode (laughs) up and running and we'll talk to you soon. All right. That was fun. I grew up in Texas where football was my game until that racing fever started burning in my brain. When I was 13 And won a short track championship When I was just 16 I met a man named Harry Hyde He built a car for me Sponsored by Granddaddy Hillen's Drilling Company We ran in five Grand Nationals When I was 17 My Talladega finish Was the start of my big dream Thank you for the ride 
Lady Luck has given me the brakes. I must admit she's small a bit, but it's me that runs the race. Now you can't be a champion. Dude. 